Hello, and welcome to Eva Unleashed, hosted by Madison and Brittany. This is real talk for real women who are ready to step out of society's confining boxes and grow. By learning from other people's stories, we become more aware, conscious, and accepting of others and get one step closer to shaping the world into a better place. Join us as we talk with women from many different backgrounds about life, relationships, work, family, religion, and everything in between. We are on a mission to start the conversation and help women wherever they are in life. Thank you for being here with us. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey listeners, thank you for joining us today. So on today's episode, Madison and I were talking a bit about uh, mental health and we wanted to do an episode on removing the shame and the stigma that is attached to mental health. Um, this can go for all sorts of different, not sure exactly what to call them. I don't, disorders, I guess, um, you know, depression, anxiety, all all the way across the board so we just kind of wanted to talk about like our own experiences and what we have learned personally like uh, we're not therapists we're not like you know doctors or whatever so but you know maybe our stories and our opinions could help someone um you know if you're feeling like the pressure and shame of mental illness or maybe if you're like i think this is what i may be suffering from then you may be able to like go get help or just know that you're not alone. So because I feel like sometimes there is a lot, like the title said, a lot of shame in admitting that you have a, you know, mental health, anything. Um, I think we're all have been taught that you just have to be strong and you can't, you know, you have to pretend that you're okay all the time. And that is really, really hard, especially when you do struggle with something and you're just trying to mask it and fake it until you make it type of thing. And I just feel like it can make it a lot worse. So maybe finding some ideas, you know, to cope or just knowing that you're not alone. So that's what today's episode is on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a good place to start. I looked up like the kind of the statistics. And it's 19.86% of adults, according to uh, Med- Mental Health America, and this is for 2022, 19.86% of adults are experiencing a mental illness. And again, this spans all over the place, ADHD, autism, um, all these different things, all the, you know, um, depression, anxiety, tons of different things. But what, so that's one statistic, which actually is like, so it's really like a little under 20%, um, which I think also explains sometimes why we feel alone. Because if you are surrounded by a bunch of people, if you are the one in five, you know, if you have five friends that aren't experiencing this and you're the one that does, it can feel very lonesome. But the other statistic was 4.9% are experiencing a severe mental illness. So that's the thing too, is of that 20 almost 20 percent only about five percent are experiencing severe mental illness so the rest of it the other you know just under 50 or 15 percent is not extreme and i think that's something that held me back from feeling like i um deserved or needed help was i was like well i'm fine i'm coping i'm managing you know i'm not suicidal i'm not extreme so I should be able to just tough it out. So in my brain, because I wasn't so bad that I needed 
to be like admitted to a hospital or something, I should have been able to overcome it. And turns out that's not the case for most people aren't in that severe range. They're in this, this, you know, low to moderate range. That is where most of us are at. You know, I like to think of mental health as, you know, so autism has a spectrum. I feel like that mental health also does. You have people who are on the very severe end and people who, you know, range in the middle to just like maybe, you know, slightly, you know, depressed, anxiety, just OCD, what, whatever. Um, and I, I think that... And also, I think it ebb and flows just kind of, you know, depending on like your situations in life. Uh, For me, seasonal depression. Yes, stress. For me personally, seasonal depression is real to me. January and February are horrible months for me. Like I just, I tank. I don't do well in those months. And I know this and I'm, you know, still trying to figure out ways to like battle that, uh, one of my ways I have learned for me is going to the gym and doing that, staying active, but sometimes it's just not enough. But um, I loved how you said, you know, it's almost like if you feel like that you're not 100% suicidal and like on the extreme end of mental illness, then like you said, you don't get to be like, yeah, I suffer from like anxiety and sometimes like depression. Like you're not allowed to use that. Because um, unfortunately, I actually had this happen to me on my own Instagram page where I posted a reel that said from Despicable Me where he's like, am I upset? No, I am not. A little. And the the joke was, you know, watching my kids load the dishwasher and me just like my OCD going, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like, mm -mm, don't touch it. You know, am I upset? No, (laughs) a little. (laughs) And trying to let that go. And I had somebody on there comment, like, you shouldn't be sitting there, like saying that you have OCD because you don't look like you have OCD. And that triggered me like big time. First of all, it made me think, oh, like I'm not legit. Like I feel like I don't have, you know, OCD or I don't, I don't fall in that category because I'm not on the floor with a toothbrush scrubbing my grout every day. You know, there are extremes of OCD in different ways. Um, And so he invalidated my, you know, my experiences slash feelings or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, you don't know me. Like you are just a complete stranger and you gathered my whole life in a six second reel where my intention was for other moms to like, I I don't know, like poke humor at it. Because for me, I have to laugh sometimes and everyone has, uh, I don't know, looks at humor in different ways. Sometimes I have to learn to laugh at myself. If I take myself too seriously, it's just bad. So, um, you know, I did the reel just for fun. And I mean, we got into this big old argument where he's like, no, you don't look like it and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how does somebody with OCD look? Would you rather me like be sitting on the floor pulling my hair out, showing when I'm having an actual panic attack because my house is like in shambles? Should I have done that? Like people don't show that kind of crap on, you know, on social media. And so anyway, just invalidating people and their experiences and things like that, I feel like you really need to be careful because sometimes you really don't know how bad it is. 
for that person. It, you know, OCD, anxiety, depression, whatever it, the mental illness is. I'm going to throw around those a lot because those are definitely ones that I suffer with personally is depression, anxiety, and OCD. Well, so, and like you said, when different I circumstances those, affect things differently. And so you can't even be like, well, you were fine, you know, like a, a month ago. So why are you right. struggling now? Like again, seasonal depression, or it could just be an extra stressor. They change jobs or you know, they're not right. feeling well, they're sick. There, things pop up that change where our mental health is. And just because yes. somebody was doing just fine carrying their load a month ago, doesn't mean that this month that they're just automatically able to do it. I think that's one thing too, that I'm learning to um, rethink my, my mind on is like, um, so like I have anxiety and with it, there are things that are like tough for me to do, but, um, I'm, I'm actively working to, to overcome my anxieties and to improve myself. That's something like, mm -hmm. I don't want to, um, like, it's really easy for me to use my anxiety as an excuse. Like that's super easy to fall into, to be like, Oh, like I'm just going to use this. And, so then if I'm using my anxiety to get out of things, then it's really easy for me to judge somebody else and assume they're doing the same thing, but that's not fair. I don't get to do that. I don't get to decide what someone else should be able to do. Um, that is up to them. I do get to decide right. like what boundaries I have or in my relationships, whether it's, you know, acquaintances or coworkers or family or intimate relationships. I can have boundaries of what um, I allow. So like if they're in a really negative place, I don't have to interact with them necessarily if it's going to harm me, but I don't get to make them um, like act the way I want them to, you know? So like having to let that go of that and be like, okay, I really can only focus on myself. Um, and then understanding that about myself too, I think has helped me to um be gentler with other people that have hidden illnesses because um i do want to sometimes be like okay but like get over it and that's not okay but that was like the narrative that was that we've heard from past generations is just it's kind of like oh get over it you're being lazy you're not trying hard enough mm -hmm. you're choosing oh hold choosing to be unhappy to choose to be happy yeah. i'm sorry there's a chemical imbalance in my brain i didn't choose to have that mm -hmm. um but i can choose to um i can choose to pursue things that help like in my case medication now um and taking vitamin d and different vitamin supplements and talking to my doctor like that was something i chose to do to help that but i can't just choose to be like yep i'm happy that unfortunately is not something I can just choose. And that's something that was really discouraging to me for a while was this idea of like, you're choosing to be unhappy. It's like, no one chooses right. to be unhappy. I'm sorry. Who would choose that? I, right. I think that sometimes when people don't struggle with mental illness, um, they, you know, doing like what you said, just kind of like, I like, they just, they truly don't get it. They, cause in their mind, just choosing to be happy works. Um, and it's an easy choice, but 
as someone who so when i had my first baby i suffered um from some pretty 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 bad and traumatic uh postpartum depression uh looking back now on it i should have been medicated i should have probably been watched 24 7 because not only did i have suicidal thoughts um i truly believed in my own mind that my child would be better off without me like i honestly believed that um I never got to the point of doing it, but there were many, many, many nights that I would be sitting there feeding him or pumping and just like wishing death upon myself. Looking at it now, because I am in a healthy, a healthier mindset, you, when you are in that, that darkness, you don't realize it. You don't see that you are acting this way because in my mind i was sane in my mind i was you know just trying to be a good mom coping. and I, I was coping i i was just barely just just barely surviving and i i felt like i this is my honest the honest truth is i felt like i couldn't tell anybody because i i'm supposed to, i just had a baby i should be happy there are so many women who would kill to be in my shoes and i should just be i'm just blessed so be happy but so i felt like a i couldn't tell anybody that i was feeling this way because how dare i number two i didn't want to tell people that hey like i seriously have suicidal tendencies and thoughts because I didn't want people to sit there and think like, oh, she's a terrible mother. She She's unfit, she can't do this. Um, so we're gonna take her baby away. So I didn't talk to my husband. Um, I mean, we were on the brink. I would say like the brink of divorce because I would not talk to him. I was just completely out of my mind. And he's just sitting here going, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't understand. And like, um, you know, he's a new dad, so he doesn't understand. They don't talk about postpartum depression in the hospitals. All they talk about is don't shake your baby. Make sure you feed them every so many hours and um, to make sure they don't sleep on their, their back or their stomach. The end, go home, good luck. Not one time. And then six weeks later, you get to go in and take a little survey. But in my right mind, am I going to really be like, yes, I have suicidal thoughts and tendencies? Like, no, I felt like I couldn't tell my doctor because they would come bring Child Protective Services in and take my baby away. So I felt stuck. I felt stuck in my own head and in this dark black hole that I could not get out of. Um, and I just wanted to die. I literally wanted to die. And I mean, there was uh, finally there was one night where I just broke down because I seriously looked at it. I was, you know, pumping at like 2.30 in the morning and I looked to the side of me and there was a pen and paper and I was like, sitting there, I should just take that pen and just stab it in my throat. It would be, it'd be quick. I'd, I'd be done very quick. And that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I might have a problem. Yeah, it seriously took something that dark to kind of like snap me out of it and wake me up just for a little, just a little bit. And when I was able to finally talk to my husband and tell him like, I think something is wrong with me, but I don't know what, um, if, I, I felt like a huge weight was lifted off. And then I was able to get like kind of the help that I needed. I definitely had to go on some, I didn't go on medication, but I just found different ways and like medicine or vitamins and stuff like that. I was severely uh, vitamin deficient is what I was. Um, and then 
you know, I didn't really have a traumatic birth, but um, the epidural, you know, can sometimes have those effects on women. Um, I did not know that, but that is that can be a side effect of an epidural is it, it can cause postpartum depression and or baby blues and things like that. And super interesting. But um, so basically that whole story was just to like even show that sometimes those people truly don't believe anything is wrong and they they literally cannot be happy and i would have given anything especially now looking back my son my firstborn is nine looking back and thinking i missed nine months of his infanthood and you know somewhat into you know him becoming a toddler i missed it because I was in a deep, dark hole, um, just barely trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could go back just so I could like see him. I, I don't remember him as an infant because I had so much uh, trauma, I guess, from my postpartum depression that I don't remember him being an infant, an infant at all. I don't remember pictures that were taken of us that I see. I'm like, I don't remember that. And as a mom, that's heartbreaking, thinking like I completely squandered an opportunity, but I was not in my right mind. I, I had no idea. I did not realize what I was doing. Well, that's why I think it's so um, important to like talk about it and talk about it like because um, if someone had talked with you before you had kids and explained mm -hmm. like, here's the things that could happen. Here's what, not just to you, but to Kyle too. Like if we educate yeah. our, the men and women who are growing up and getting married, like these are things to look for. This can happen. This is real. And to talk Very and real. make it normal to talk about, like you should be checking in with your spouses and your children's mental health, like, I would say weekly, you know, like you need to, oh, if yeah. not daily, like just checking in and making it a normal point of conversation, something that's not shameful. Like if your kid's just like, I'm just angry today, you shouldn't be like, well, suck it up. Like, let's talk about this. Let's get it. Like if we can change the narrative, then when you're in those situations, you're already used to talking about it versus for you, yes. you, you didn't feel like you could, it was a terrifying thought a whole other stressor on top of what you were already experiencing. Yes. And I had no idea that postpartum depression was a thing. Like I said, um, I would kind of like talk to my mom, not really like tell her, but just ask her questions. Like, did you ever just like feel sad or like that you're feeling like that you don't want to be a mom or can't be a mom? Like I would ask her questions. She'd be like, no, like, what are you talking about? Like, cause my mom never suffered from postpartum depression. So she was completely oblivious to what I was going through as well. Um, I think I'm trying to think how I actually found out that I had something going on. I think I was just scrolling, scrolling on Facebook actually. And I came across a story and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's me that's what i'm dealing with you know and then i started was able to like google you know stuff and you know especially because um after i had talked to kyle too he was also kind of like googling like what's wrong with my wife like mm -hmm. you know um so we were able to kind of figure it out together but i for real though communication and being open about it like i truly thought something was wrong with me and only me 
So that's why I didn't open up because I'm like, I can't tell anybody Mm -hmm. that I just want to shove a pen through my neck and be done with it. Like, I can't tell people that when sadly there are more women than I could have ever known feeling the exact same way. And how much more normal would I have felt and how much more open would I have been able to maybe, maybe even heal faster if I had more people to uh, talk to and you know, to know that I wasn't alone and, you know, feeling this way, I probably would have been a lot better off. And, but it's true. Like we, uh, feel like mental health now it's, it is becoming a bigger buzzword and topic, but I think for so many generations, it was neglected that now we're, we're just really trying to make up for, I mean, I feel like a lot of the older generations kind of look at us like, Oh, you just millennials and your stupid feelings, but it's like, and here you guys are with all your bottled feelings and you guys are just assholes. Like, sorry, but they just, they just are. Some of these older generations, I'm like, they've dealt with some crap. But here's the thing, but though. But they refuse to health, acknowledge it. So mental health was, it used to be a death sentence. You were sent to these insane asylums. Yes. You had yep. terrible Lobotomy things done to you. Yes. So then you just didn't talk about it. You know, you're like, yep. okay, exactly. well, if it's like either live silently with this or have yeah a lobotomy, then I'm just not mm-hmm. going to talk about it. We're going to hide our family away, whatever. And then right. now it's, you know, mental health services have come so far, even from the time I was a kid to now, like, um, I wish I could have had more mental health, like, um, support as a child, but I also know that there wasn't that kind of thing where I was growing up. That was not something normal where I was growing up. So I don't like blame my parents for it, but it is something that's like, that would have been so helpful to be able to have mental health um, services as a child, to have that be a normal thing of like, oh, you're having a tough time. Let's go talk to somebody or, you know, let's talk to our doctor about it. I mean, yeah, it it just wasn't normal. So now trying to make it a normal thing of, like seeing, uh, talking to my doctor about my mental health is just as important as talking to them about the pain in my knee, you know? Um, yes. And then when I started medication, I posted, a, I did a post on my personal Instagram and I'll probably share it in our stories one day on our other one. I just posted saying like, hey, I'm taking this medication. But like my reasoning behind it really was I was like suffering from um, I like was having a hard time taking the medication because, um, I do enjoy natural things. I try to be very natural in my life and I use like crystals and different things. And I'm very in touch with the earth. And a lot of people who are more holistic are like anti-drug as well, but I'm very much in the middle and right. But there was still this feeling of like, Oh, people are going to be like disappointed in me because I am taking a pill instead of handling this myself. So I right. I'm not strong enough to do it on my yes. own. I'm, I'm using this as a crutch. And, and yeah. like, you know, if I were spiritual enough, even that aspect of like, Oh, if I just like prayed better, like would this go away? Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's something that gets kind of stipulated around, um, religious cultures, not just, um, LDS culture, I think that's in general Christianity or well, even Christianity, yeah. religion in general, there's this idea mm-hmm. of like, if you're holy enough, 
then all your problems will go away, you know? So tried to pray it away, tried to <laughs> natural right. it away, but finally went and got medication. And then when, so I posted it because I wanted it to not, I didn't want it to feel like a secret. So that was why I posted it was one to bring awareness, but two, I didn't want it to be a secret, which helped me. And then I told my kids about it. I told them, I said, Hey, I'm remember, you know how I've been really anxious and I've kind of been like flipping out on you guys because <laughs> I get overstimulated. <laughs> I said, I'm going to start taking this pill and it's going to help me. And, um, and explained kind of what it was and it felt good for it. Again, I'm like, this doesn't need to be like a secret thing I'm taking every morning. I'm, you know, I'm just like, no, I'm taking this pill. And if you're feeling like this, you know, let me know. And my daughter actually said that she is feeling anxious. So we're going to, you know, get, have her checked out, make sure, see if her, I'm wondering if her vitamin D levels are really low because mine are really low, but, um, yeah, just putting it out in the open and making it a normal thing. It just took this weight off to where like, I don't have to walk around pretending I'm normal. I'm okay with people knowing I'm on medication because that means I'm doing the best that I can right now. Yes. Well, and you may open up a door for somebody who really could be struggling and being like, okay, like, it's not just me, you know, and like I said, that was a big thing for me to realize, oh, it's not just me. I'm not psychotic. Like I, you know, I am normal. I am just dealing with um, a lot of stresses at the moment. And sometimes like, you know, like you said, uh, at the very beginning, sometimes, you know, circumstances in your life, you're good, you're good, you're good. And then just maybe there's like 10 things that kind of happen and you're just like, not good, not, you know, not good type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it, it is true. And I feel like, you know, being open and I love how you said, be open with your kids. You know, we kind of got on the subject of, um, of mental illness with our kids, like our oldest, you know, cause our, our younger ones don't understand, like, um, where I, I did tell them, you know, like mom is, you know, I, they know that like I have anxiety. They know that I am noise sensitive. So like, I have told my kids, like, do you know why mom gets like, when things get really loud, it, you know, mom starts yelling and freaking out and stuff. And like, it's because I'm noise sensitive, you know? And it's been able to like, not, not a ton because it's like their kids. I have to, you know, their kids, but sometimes my kids will be like, Oh, like we're being too loud. Sorry, mom, you know, um, you know, or explaining and, and really just making, like you said, make it look normal because there's more people that suffer with things than I think that we realize. So like my husband is very ADHD. Um, and my, my kid, my oldest heard the term like thrown around or whatever. And he's like, like, what is it? You know, and we were kind of explaining it. And, you know, my husband was like, oh, well, I have that. Did you know that? And he's like, what? Like you do like just so surprised that his own dad has it, you know, and it didn't make it out to be like a bad guy or a bad thing. Cause he was like, oh, like that's my dad. Like, you know, in his eyes, his dad is normal and nothing's wrong with him. And, but being able to like kind of put a label on it. And Kyle was able to explain like, you know, things in his life that he does that makes him ADHD or whatever. Like it, it was a good conversation um, just to open it up to our kids. Like um, obviously age appropriate. So it's not like, 
you know, I'm not telling my kid that I wanted to shove a pen through my neck. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just, not that kind of stuff, but you know, um, just like you said, being able to talk to your kids. So when they recognize feelings in themselves, they may be able to come to you. And I think that's something our generation is really trying to do is, um, check in with feelings and, you know, to check in with your kids and see, like, are you doing okay? And be able to, you know, to the best of their ability, tell you what they are feeling. Uh, because it, it has been neglected for so, so long. Well, and, and it's, yeah, well, my, so my oldest has autism. So we've had a mm-hmm. lot of conversation with him about how his brain works differently. But then lately now he's been getting on his younger sister for her brain, for her not doing things his way. And it's been good to sit with him and be like, okay, your brain works differently. Her brain is also like neurodivergent, but not in the same way your brain is neurodivergent. So like you have to be patient with her in the way we've all had to be patient with him because they're in different places and they're doing things differently. And that's the thing is realizing that there are just so many different ways and that spectrum and respecting that spectrum, I think is huge. And um, I mean, I even had this conversation, I was hanging out with some ladies and we were talking about screen time and, you know, my kids love screen time. My friend's kids love screen screen time. We were talking about different ways we like limit it or how we like manage the screen time with all of our kids. And this other mom, a third mom, she was like, I don't know. I guess I just got lucky. My kids just like don't care about screen time. They could care less. She said, I just don't understand people that struggle with that, right? And that was kind of the end of the conversation. It wasn't a big deal. Like she wasn't like saying anything bad, but in the past that would have like broke me. I would have been like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible mother. Why can't my kids be like this lady's kids and not like screens, right? But then in talking to the other mom whose kids love screens, her kids are neurodivergent as well. Um, and they have anxiety and OCD. Um, and so realizing this, this third lady whose kids weren't interested in screens, their brains are different. They're probably more neurotypical than our kids were. And so it doesn't make her kids better. It's different. So being able to recognize the differences in, you know, my brain, other people's brains and things, it's freeing because you don't, you kind of stop comparing because you're like, it is, I am unique. And my experiences yes. and how I was raised and coping mechanisms I've learned have made me unique from someone else who has the same um, things that I do, you know? Yes. And so I try to, I do try to use like, um, I don't know if I have ADHD. I do have like certain ADHD tendencies. My dad has ADHD. My brother does. I probably do. I haven't gone through the steps to get that diagnosed yet. But I do like hack my ADHD, the thing I saw on TikTok, or I can like make myself hyper focus on things. So I try to like use the fact that my brain works differently as, um, well, how did I say it this morning? I was thinking in my brain, I'm like, I'm, it's kind of like a superhero. Like I have this superpower, which could be my ADHD, it could be a superpower. But like Spider Man couldn't just swing on his webs the first try. Like he had to practice and learn how to handle his abilities. And I feel like it's the same with our brains. So if we can like shift the mindset from this is, you know, just a disability to this is something I do different. What can I do with it? 
um, yes. I think can give us power over those things. Even my anxiety, like sometimes it's hard to see the bright side of anxiety, I guess, but yeah. right now yeah. I'm like, okay, my anxiety is allowing me to connect to other people, allowing me to, to grow and learn. I'm learning calming techniques. So it's like, you know, I'm going to be super calm by the time I get this under control. Like, you know, so it's like, I'm kind of trying to take it as an opportunity to learn more coping skills than I had before. So there are like silver linings you can get from things. Um, it's okay if people aren't there yet, but I think that it's, it's very helpful when you can shift into that mindset about what you're going through. Yes. And I think like the biggest key and takeaway for something like this would be just to have uh, empathy for people and try to be understanding, you know, with those who might, you know, struggle with some sort of mental disorder. Like if you don't struggle with it, like maybe read up on it. And like, if you know, like, oh, like my, I don't know, sister struggles with like depression, maybe read up on it. And then you can kind of see like what she might be dealing with and ways to help her and maybe even a way to like uh, connect with her so she doesn't feel like that she has to like hide it or, you know, like I said, a way to help her or, you know, just being open to learning about the, you know, because I feel like that a lot of people, you know, put a lot of time and effort into autism, you know, because there's so, uh, so many different like, uh, like kids on the spectrum and stuff like that and so people are learning how you know how can I help moms who are dealing with kids who have autism like you know if their kids are throwing a fit in the store you know would it be okay if like I can I help you or can I you know just people are trying to find different ways to help this community um, of moms and people who are in you know the autism community and I feel like it can also be very beneficial to do the same, like with the mental health community. And it's not, it's not like a super small number, I feel like. And honestly, I feel like I was surprised at the statistic that you said at the beginning, what was it like 19% mm -hmm. or 16? It was almost 20%. Um, it's like 19.8. Almost 20. I was actually surprised at how low it was, but I also have to think like, I feel like there's a lot of people who just haven't been diagnosed like me and myself. Like I know that I suffer from depression, anxiety, and I have OCD tendencies. Like I'm not, like I said, on the floor scrubbing with a toothbrush OCD, but I have OCD tendencies for sure. I have not been professionally diagnosed, but just reading and my actions and, you know, it, it just, it is what it is. Like, um, but I feel like just being able to connect with people. And like I said, just be, you know, have empathy for them when they are struggling can help someone more than, you know, um, and in every way, you know, it, that can help pull them out of that deep, dark hole. It could, you know, maybe make them feel less anxious or, you know, so. Well, it'll constantly evolve the conversation. And that's the thing too, is we do have mm -hmm. to realize that like the, the suicide, the age of suicide for kids is going lower, you know, so that's one thing too, is we want to, you know, we have this want to like shield our kids, but the fact is they're living in this world too. 
Um, mm -hmm. So make get, making it a normal conversation could literally be life-saving for your child yes. just to be able to have somebody that they can go to and talk to about um, their mental health. And also, like um, I said to you earlier on our on our Marco Polo, like I don't want my family to be like, "Oh my gosh, I had no clue that she was suffering." You know, if, if I were to commit suicide, I wouldn't want like I don't want it. I don't want to keep it inside. I want to. I want them to know and to get help. Um, I don't want to have to fake it. You know, like that's not that's yeah. not living when you're faking. And I hope that other people directly around me, um, I hope that I'm making them feel safe. That's, you know, and I, I'm hoping that I can be a safe space and that my kids, I'm raising my children to be safe spaces because I, I, that's really the most I can do. I can't force anyone to tell me, but I can, I can do all the education. I love that, like learning about it. Like I can educate myself so that I can be a safe place for people, a safe space. Right. And it's important. It's very, very important, especially in today's day and age, we're kind of dealing with a new, um, new different type of world when it comes to the social media half. Um, and it's, it's a different world and it's hard to navigate. So I feel like, like you said, keeping the conversation open and, I think we've come a long way for sure. Um, I've been able to connect with a lot of different moms who have felt, you know, who felt the same. I mean, have dealt with postpartum depression with my last kid. I had a whole a buttload of postpartum anxiety. Like it was, <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing either, but it, it was, and you know, um, it's, it's been healing to know that there are people out there that, can connect and feel the same. Like just, just to know that you're not the only one out there. It can be healing for sure. It's definitely for sure. So, um, thank you guys for listening today and we hope that this helps, um, one of you and know that you're not alone and there are resources. If you have questions, feel free to message us and we'll help you as much as we can. Thank you so much for listening to Eve Unleashed. Join us on Instagram at Eve Unleashed to continue the conversation. We would love to hear from you and hope that you have an amazing day.